Welcome, all of you wine and true crime lovers. I'm Brandy. And I am Chris. And this is Texas Wine and True Crime. Thank you for being here, friends, for this week's episode, The Unsolved Murder of Amber Hagerman. Hola, Chris. Hola, Brandy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing excellent. Thank you. It's hot outside. Very hot. I feel summer is already in full force here in Texas. Yes, summer is nigh upon us. Ooh, all right. Uh, well, just in time for summer, Chris, we are sipping on an orange muscat by 10 Mile Productions from Farmhouse Vineyards today. Yes, we are. It was very delicious. So yummy. And can't wait to hear what you paired with this delicious okay. wine. We'll save that here for a little bit. All right. All right. We want to give a, a huge thanks to Sam for contributing to the wine fund on Kofi. Yes. Thank you very much, Sam. Thank you so, Sam. We uh, Thank you so much, Sam. We appreciate it so much. Um, but friends, you can contribute to the wine fund on Kofi, or you can join our Winos and Crimos on Patreon. All right, babe, if you're ready, I'm ready to jump into this case. Absolutely. All right, friends, it's time to sip some wine and talk some crime. For this week's case, we are heading to Arlington, Texas. So let's learn a little bit about Arlington. I think when people hear Arlington, Chris, they think of Six Flags. Yes. First um, thing, probably, they think of. Yes. Uh, AT&T Cowboy Stadium. Absolutely. And uh, Texas Ranger Stadium. Yep. All the Dallas stuff in Arlington. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> All in a little like a uh, triangle, kind of. More or less. They're yeah. like right next to each other. Um, so yeah, lots of entertainment happening in Arlington. So if you're going to watch the Rangers or um, the Cowboys, you have to go to Arlington. Yes. Yeah. Stay in Arlington when you visit Dallas. Yes. <laughs> Number two, before Las Vegas, it was Arlington. Arlington was the largest gambling destination in the country in the 30s and 40s. An illegal casino drawing in guests such as Al Capone, Bonnie and Clyde, Clark Gable, and Mae West was operated in Arlington as Toppa Hill Terrace. Never knew this. It was now. It is now Arlington Baptist University. That's even crazier. <laughs> Tours are available by reservation. Welcome to Texas. Right. <laughs> but yet we won't put one more casino in Texas. Well, that's all the people in Oklahoma. Fighting that, so. Right. Okay, number three. I had I didn't know that number two either. Awesome. Number three. Entrepreneur Blake Mykoski, founder of Tom Shoes, was born and raised in Arlington. So for every pair of Toms, I love Toms, Tom Shoes purchase a pair of new shoes is given to a child in need in a partnership with humanitarian organizations. Love this. Tom's has given over 95 million pairs of new shoes to children across the world. Yeah, I did not know he was from Dallas as well. That's yeah. pretty interesting. So cool. On January 13th, 1996, nine-year-old Amber Hagerman was riding her pink bicycle beside her younger brother, Ricky, in a parking lot of an abandoned Winn-Dixie grocery store. Ricky decided to head back to his grandmother's home, which resided near the abandoned store in Arlington. But before Amber could catch up to him, a man driving a black pickup truck snatched her off her bicycle, put her inside the driver's side door, and took off. What happened to Amber Hagerman? All right, Chris, this was a national case. I do remember it well. Brought lots of national attention. 26 years has gone by, and this case still remains unsolved. We have a nine-year-old girl abducted. Um, we have something in this case, Chris, not all cases are lucky enough to have, and that is an eyewitness to Amber's abduction. Yes. 
this is a beautiful Saturday afternoon in Arlington. I do believe um, that it was around 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Amber and her brother were at the grandmother's home, but the, but the mother was there. So they were all four were there. Um, Amber's mother, her name is Donna Williams. She has done so many things over the years for her daughter and trying to, to solve this case. Um, she had told the kids they could ride their bikes outside, but they needed to stay around the street and neighborhood. We know what that's like, Chris. Yeah, we were kids common. once. Mm-hmm. Um, they were not allowed to go far at all. So the abandoned Winn-Dixie that we are talking about where the abduction actually takes place, Chris is only two-tenths of a mile from the grandmother's home. That's that's what's so crazy. So close to home. Two-tenths of a mile. That's basically two houses down, right? Well, a little more than that. Maybe. maybe end, of, end of the block. End of the block, right? So, so pretty close. Um, now, there was a bike ramp of sorts that was in this abandoned parking lot that the neighborhood kids, you know, liked and enjoyed. Um, so Amber and her brother basically decide they just want to go ride to the grocery store. Um, they were not. So, Chris, these kids are probably not at this spot for more than just a couple of minutes because by the yeah. time they get to the store, the brother sort of remembers like the mom saying, you know, we're really not supposed to go this far. Amber knows the same thing. So they basically just kind of enter the parking lot um, and then exit. Not We're talking just maybe a couple of minutes yeah. in this spot. Okay, so um, now they're heading, the brother starts to head back. I'm picturing him kind of riding off. Amber's probably making a circle, right? And, and she's headed behind him, not far behind him. Um, and then... The unthinkable happens. Chris, it's already time for a wine recess. That's a quick one. This week's sponsor is Grits with a Side of Murder. Grits with a Side of Murder is a true crime podcast hosted by Tammy and her variety of co-hosts. Grits features a different guest each week, and they have no idea what criminal truth Tammy will reveal. Tammy and her co-hosts sip on adult beverages while she tells a true crime story. Now, Grits with a Side of Murder consists of some light banter about the criminals while still making a conscious effort to be respectful of victims and their families. When you tune in, you might hear Tommy, you might hear Jordan, Colin, or maybe Michelle. You just never know who or what you're going to get. You can hear new episodes each and every week. You will be sucked in by that cool intro music. So please, friends, check out Grits with a Side of Murder wherever you listen to your podcasts. Contains adult content and explicit material. It was a quick one. Um, I'm enjoying this classic orange muscat with a Texas twist from our friends at 10 Mile Productions. Friends, you must contact them, 10 Mile Productions. Look them up. You can find them on Facebook. That's the best way to contact them. And you have to get your hands on the summer treat that we are enjoying. What did you pair with it? Well, I made uh, something a little spicy. So we had some pork and fig empanadas and then a kind of a take on a Spanish rice, but a Kind of a Spanish couscous. Okay. It was so good. You know, those kinds of seasonings. But mm-hmm. yeah, some a little heat to it. But I thought it went really well. The wine was delicious. It was. We enjoyed it by the pool. So it was fantastic. It went fast. Um, it did go very fast, yes. We yeah. were filling up our uh, our goblets <laughs> rather quickly. Now, I have to say we felt kind of special because we were actually, we got this bottle and they just had this beautiful new label done. So it, Yeah, it, we have an unlabeled, unlabeled we have an bottle. Unlabeled, so we'll we'll share that in the pictures. But um, the food was good. And it looks like we made the uh, 
made some hooch in our garage there with a little <laughs> unlabeled wine bottle, but it was uh, it was delicious nonetheless. It was really good. Thank you, friends at Ten Mile Productions. We were just in Brownwood. We said that on our mm-hmm. last episode. Um, so love our girls down there. So contact them and get your hands on this orange muscat. All right, babe, you ready to get back in the case? Absolutely. Okay. Jimmy Kevill, the 78-year-old man that was the witness to this crime, watched as a, as um, Amber rode her bicycle around the parking lot. So he's, Chris, he's in his backyard, okay? And from his backyard, he can see a laundromat, which is right next to the Winn-Dixie parking lot, okay? So they're both visual, you know, he can see them both from his backyard. So yes. he will have... He will have something to say about what he saw at the laundromat and also what he had, what he saw in um, the parking lot. So he watches as a black truck pulls alongside Amber and a young man, he does believe in his 20s or 30s, he describes him as either being white or Hispanic, gets out of the car. So the truck, black truck pulls up next to her. He gets out of the car. Um, he tells the police this is about a 1980s and 1990s truck. Now, this same truck earlier was parked at the laundromat. And he saw it there. He saw it there. Yeah. He knows it's the he knows it's the same truck. So he tells them he he um he sees it earlier in the parking lot of of the laundromat. Um and then it eventually comes over to where Amber is riding in the Winn Dixie parking lot. He stops, he gets out. He puts her inside. So he hears screaming. He hears screaming. He sees the whole thing happened. So he says, because I hear, I heard screaming. And he it, he did describe Amber as trying to like get away from him, you know? So he kind of realized that g- this girl probably doesn't know who this is. So he calls the police. But here is, um, Here's the really crazy thing, Chris. This was approximately eight minutes after she left her grandmother's house. Like so fast for something like this to happen. Eight minutes. Oh, we, there are cases where two minutes two three minutes going inside to grab something and leaving them out front. Yeah. I mean, it have, I mean, it is just our world. I mean, we don't, you know, we are, we don't let our child do that. We don't let her go very far without really far at all without us seeing her at all period at all period. I mean, it is just the world we live in, unfortunately, but this is eight minutes, eight minutes go by from the time she left the grandmother's home um, to when her abduction take place, took place. Four days later, a man walking his dog found Amber's body near a Creek. Um, Chris, this was about four miles from the parking lot where she was taken. She had been brutally raped and her throat was described as being cut out. Hmm. An autopsy determined Amber had been held alive for approximately two days, and Lord only knows what this child had to endure. So from the autopsy, they know she was alive for two of those four days, and then she was eventually murdered. Were there any other abductions around this time that kind of uh, mimicked this? So there... You know, Arlington at this time, there were a few other things. Drugs were sort of, you know, happening in some of those areas. This is a low-income area. Um, Police believed that this person was a local. Um, And here's, here's why. 
when after the car drives off, right? So we're talking about Highway 360 in Arlington is the main highway to get to all those places we mentioned. Um, so that is the the closest way out of town. You come in, you abduct a child, you get on the freeway, and you leave, right? But this person drove to the center of town. This person drove the opposite way, as though they were going into the city of Arlington. And so the way the truck left, the wit- the eyewitness, and uh, police believed from the get-go, and where she's found, you would have to know Arlington. This was a very remote creek where her body was found. So they've always thought it was a local. Yeah. Um, but so, okay, so now you have someone who is driving, and I think this is a, I think this, this what um this evidence of where the car goes after exiting the parking lot is important i think that tells them that they are local that they probably lived in the area or had some relation down there to where they knew their way around um if it's only 4 miles from the parking lot the creek is found the creek is 4 miles where her body's found you have to think that they didn't go far. Yeah. They're not going to go far and then come back this close. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People stay when 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 people commit these kind of crimes and it's and it's local, they tend to stay where they know. They they don't tend to go drive and then come back, you know? They tend to they tend to just to to do it in the area that they live in, where they're comfortable, where they know they can hide, where they know they can hide a body, where they know they can hide evidence. So I think this tip and this evidence told them um, a lot. So now let's talk about the laundromat next door. Um, so this is 1996. They do believe there were so many other witnesses. They do not believe this is the this man, this elderly man was the only one to see something. This is three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, there were a lot of illegals living in that area at the time. People worried about being deported. They didn't want to come forward. I mean, police knew that this was an issue in this case. Yeah. They didn't, you know, they just don't want to get involved. Um, but well, it that, is. That happens a lot. You know, people don't want to get involved. Right. And especially if it's, you know. I mean, for various reasons, but. Right. But, but they didn't believe that. On a on a day like this in the afternoon, with people around, people inside of the laundromat, he's sitting outside. It's a nice day. They they don't believe that he's the only one who saw anything, or even might have seen this truck at the laundromat earlier, and possibly if there was someone inside of that laundromat, if it, for any reason they had gotten out, you know. Fourteen days after Amber's abduction, a local woman by the name of Diana Simone wrote a letter to a local station requesting that if an alert system was put into place, it would have been able um, to alert of Amber's disappearance. And she called it Amber's plan. So the plan renamed, as we know, the Amber Alert was put into place that same year. Chris, today, Amber Alerts are used in all 50 states. Um, D.C., Puerto Rico, and 33 countries. To date, they have saved at least 1,000 children in the U.S. It's a lot. That is a lot. 
Diane, Diana Simone's point was if there was alert systems for everything, national disasters, when we have inclement weather, right? We have tornado sirens. So why can't there be something to alert the public of a child abduction or disappearance? Yeah. Fantastic idea. Fantastic idea. So, you know, what we always say sometimes of terrible situations, something good. And because of, of what happened, this was created and it has saved kids' lives. Um, all right. Shockingly, Chris, despite the fact that Amber's case has received over 10,000 tips, her killer remains at large 26 years later. Um, Arlington Police Department um, said that this is not listed as a cold case because it's been 26 years. People automatically think this is a cold case. But here's something interesting. It's only considered a cold case if it's got never gone 180 days without having some type of lead coming in. I don't know if that's an all police department yeah, that, thing. That it's probably an sense. Arlington thing. But he says because the tips have never stopped. There hasn't been a long duration of time to where Amber Hagerman tips don't come in. There is no reason for Arlington police that this is a cold case. They consider it a very active case. Hmm. But yet still unsolved. Yes, still unsolved. Um, now, there has been DNA advancements since 1996. Now, because she was found in, um, in the little stream area, a lot of the DNA evidence Chris had washed away. But there was some, um, some DNA. Uh, so they're just hoping that with just new tips, with... Um, you know, they believe the killer is still alive. They actually believe that um, they don't know if, if they're actually living in the area still. I've read mixed reports on, yes, they think he's here. No, they do not. Um, and if there are multiple people involved in this, right? Child mm -hmm. abductions, trafficking, you know, is this bigger than, than one person? Um, you know, what could have been going on in that area, you know, during this time? Yeah. Uh, investigators also disclosed in 2021 that they have DNA evidence that might belong to Amber's killer. So, you know, that's good news. So hopefully absolutely, they can, um, you know, with a new tip, police can finally solve Amber Hagerman's kidnapping and murder. All right, babe. Well, that concludes this week's case. If you want to comment or share your thoughts about the case, please email us at team, T-E-A-M, at texaswineandtruecrime.com. Okay, babe. We have some news to give our friends out there listening. We do. It is summertime, so that means family time. So we will be taking some time off from releasing. Now, I say releasing, babe, because we have so much lined up for June. It's kind of crazy. We have the Dallas Public Library event. Um, that is June 11th. I do believe that's that's a Saturday. Next next weekend, right? Right. So uh, tomorrow's the first, second yeah, so the 11th, yep, Saturday, the 11th, Dallas Public Library downtown. If you want to see us live, come there. It's free, but you got to sign up. Um, there, I'll post the link um, back in our Facebook groups, but you can sign up and come see us live there. And we have interviews coming up. We have an author coming on the show. We've got our 
call any police officer friend lining something up for June. So we do, we do. We have, and we have wineries we're talking to. It's very busy. And we're visiting Edge of the Lake Vineyard in June. Yes, we're going out to towards Oklahoma, remember? And we're going to visit our friends. I do remember. They said they're already going to have a table ready for us. That's awesome news. I know. And they said that people have come out and said our show and they've got free wine tastings. Oh, really? Yes. I love that. So friends, we're going to release one more episode this month, probably at the end of this week. So pretty soon. Um, And then that will be it for the month of June. And you will, will pick up July 1, babe. I don't know what day the July one is, but I don't either. <laughs> it's all going to start. Look at your calendar and find out. It's all going to start July one. Um, we're also Patreon friends. You'll be checking your Patreon um, for some news about that. So we hope everyone's summer is off to a great start, and we look forward to being back in your AirPods um, with an episode. Uh, I guess this week, next week, soon, and then we'll see everyone July first. Until next time, friends. Stay safe. Have fun. And cheers to next time. Cheers.